Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the Soul Shack tonight. On my right, Adam Markham. Addy, how are you, hon? Doing very well, Josh. I was going to say, you just uh, had a nice little end to this Raiders-Lions game. It was a very good week for you on the old DraftKings app, I believe. Yeah, we needed uh, we needed Robert Spillane 7.5, and, and I think he, he just got that. So uh, two minutes to go in the game, so yeah, I had to sweat it here at the end. But yeah, it was overall, it was a really good week for me on the, uh, the IDP bet front yeah that's uh that's why they call it uh get you a good sweat right you kind of sweating out uh into the game when maybe most casual fans are checked out it's like why is why is adam just like sweating profusely glued to the television right now yeah they're good with these lines i mean it's it usually does come down to the very end you know there are those those nice cases where like someone gets it before halftime but for the most part like you, you gotta sweat all these things out but yes. uh it makes you come back for more, Josh. That's right. It really makes you addicted to it. That's right. It's almost like gambling uh, is a little bit addictive. Yeah, you guys should try it. Yeah. Hey, we got an IDP bets episode coming up here soon. Yeah. So maybe this week. In. Yeah, that's true. We have uh, episode two of IDP bets coming down the pipe here very soon. So look forward to that on the YouTube's. We just had episode three of the IDP trade show. Jace Abbey hosted that one. Last week, y'all were a dynamic duo. I was tuning in from Keeneland Racetrack at Lexington, uh, popping in to listen to y'all's evaluation of the trades while I could. He's a class act. He really is. Really, uh, really good contrast with, you know, this just yes. uh, gentleman, you know, this proper, proper Brit. Proper English gentleman. And yeah. then you've got uh, Southern Redneck Hillbilly. Sure. Yeah. Just saying all the dumb stuff. All you know? the dumb stuff. Yeah. So that's, we made, we made a good team, but Jace is, he's a legend, dude. He's, uh, he's been crushing it this year and uh, we are happy to have his, his ranks over at the IDP show.com. That's right. And if you want to check out Jace's ranks, but you're not a paid supporter, well, good news. This week only, we are running a free preview. All of our paid content is out from behind the paywall for this week. So the waiver article, the Q&A thread, Jace's rankings, everything will be free to view for all subscribers. So check it out. If you like what you see, consider becoming a paid supporter. Addy, we've got the fantasy playoffs coming up. So if you need a good resource, uh, whether it's some good waiver wire targets 
or you need the rankings to help break ties in your lineups, or maybe you just want to get on there and ask us some lineup questions. If you're really struggling, we'll answer your questions live on the preview podcast. We're going to try to help you out, help you win some titles. That's what this is all about, Addy. Yeah, we just want to help you win. That's it. That's all we care about. Entertain you, make you laugh, uh, but also help you win. Yeah. So tonight we're going to do some of that as well. This is the week eight recap. We're going to go through every game. We've got 16 games to go through. We're going to do a mix of top scores and storylines. Did you see that, Josh? What was that? Was it Ma- Max Crosby and Aiden Hutchinson exchanging oh, jerseys. Oh, look at that mentoring yes, happening right there. Love to see it. We talked about how important that was last week, these young men finding a mentor. That's right. So someone reminded me that Max Crosby's like early NFL photo looked like the basketball player from Bedazzled. Yeah. Remember that uh, Brendan Fraser movie? Yeah, man. He's uh, did not think he was going to turn into what he is. No doubt. Based on that pick for sure. All the sweat during the interview, just raining down on the interviewer's face in that movie. Great, great scene. Just go, go YouTube the Bedazzled basketball scene. It's just truly a remarkable piece of cinema. But we are going to get to Raiders, Lions at the end of the show. Let's rewind the clock, though, and start back with the Thursday night game. Oh, before we do, though, Chasing Greatness, we got an update. We had another 40-point score. Put it on the board. Kayvon Thibodeau, New York Giants against the New York Jets, allowing their second 40-point score this season. Kayvon went for 47.85 points on 97% of snaps. We'll talk about him in a little bit, but he joins the ranks. Um, and the the pace has slowed here a little bit, actually, Addy. We didn't have one in week six. We just had one in week five, one in week seven, and one in week eight. And the only player who has done it twice this season, Miles Garrett. So a lot of these edge rushers heating up, Addy. We're going to talk about it. But if you drafted DL early in these best ball drafts, you are feeling them pretty good right about now. Yeah, we we definitely did. We definitely did. That was uh, that was the strategy. So let's go to Thursday night football. Bills get the 24-18 win over the Buccaneers. Headline from this game, Levante David is the only true set-and-forget option you have confidence in with the Bucs. Winfield is great, but like all safeties, he is subject to positional volatility. Your top three from this game, Anthony Nelson, 19 points. Jamel Dean, 18 points. And there's Levante David, 16.5 in week eight, 16.53 average the last five games. 14 tackles, a TFL on 100% of snaps. Let's just take a moment, Addy, to admire the greatness that is Levante David here in 2023. Yeah, he's linebacker 10 right now in points per game and in tackles per game. Meanwhile, Devin White, LB 52 in points per game, just 10 points per game this year, and he is linebacker 43 in tackles per game. So, Don't know how that happened. I mean, he just completely turned back into a pumpkin. He's been really bad. It's like This has been the worst like stretch of his yes, career, it seems. Yeah, it's like... I expected that maybe there would be some variance there. You know, he's never been the best player, but to fall off to this extent, I did not see this coming with Devin White. So let's move to the Bills side of things. Headline from this one, trusting a Bills edge rusher is like being blind and attempting to put your chips on double zero in roulette. You know the upside exists, but you just can't see it. The edge rushers for the Bills in week eight, A.J. Epinesa, 12.6 points. Gregory Russo, 7.25 points. Leonard Floyd, 4.5 points. 
So these edge rushers, Addy, uh, are very frustrating for IDP. All of them have moments. I mean, AJ Epinesa has had some big blow-up games. Gregory Russo, I know you're a fan of. Leonard Floyd has been really solid this season, but now Von Miller getting worked back into the mix. I feel like moving forward, this is just going to be a frustrating group. Yeah, I like all those guys, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just, um, I think it's just matchup dependent, you know, when you can play these guys. It's got to be a good matchup. Otherwise, it's who knows, you know. Yeah. You just have no idea. The linebacker situation was uh, interesting again this week. Dorian Williams was benched. I don't think he played yep. at all. Um, so it was Tyrell Dodson uh, is at LB2 there. Um, could, could be Dorian again next week, though, for all we know. This yep. situation, I think, is going to remain fluid the rest of the season. Teron Johnson has been really good for cornerback required leagues. Again, uh, he's always been someone that's that's really good. But won, won you the freaking fantasy yeah. NFL playoff fantasy league we had, I think, last year. He's been good for for a while now, but uh, he's he's been kind of back to his old self again. Uh, Jordan Poyer's been looking good as of late. He had another nice game. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, who was it? They uh, what was the other side? I was gonna oh Tampa Bay. Yes, um, Kansi has been getting some more Ooh, run. Love to see that. So he's been okay, I think, from a pressure standpoint and everything. But um, maybe he can finish the year strong. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, Terrell Bernard was the top scorer for the Bills, seventeen points. Uh, Teron Johnson, there he is, sixteen point six points was the second leading scorer, eleven point three five. Points per game the last five games, 100% of snaps. And then Jordan Poyer, 15.5 points, 16.53 points per game average the last five games. 100% of snaps, Jordan Poyer is heating up. But let's move to Sunday, Addy, and start with Eagles getting the 38-31 dub over the Commanders. Headline from this one, Blankenship returns to the lineup and returns on investment, even with Kevin Byard's acquisition. Top three scores. There's Reed Blankenship at number one, 21.2 points in week eight, 16.55 points per game average the last five games. He played 100% of snaps. Bayard also played 100% of snaps. I believe that's how we broke it down, that we thought Bayard and Blankenship would be the two safeties getting 100% of snaps. Nicobe Dean was number two, 20.5 points. He had 12 tackles and two TFLs on just 69% of snaps, though. Uh, was not the leading snap getter at the linebacker position. I believe that was Zach Cunningham once again. Hassan Reddick has been balling here recently, folks. 17.65 points, three tackles, a TFL, a sack, a forced fumble, and two QB hits. 16.31 points per game average the last five games on 82% of snaps for Hassan Reddick in week eight. What's the headline for you from the Eagles side of things, Eddie? Well, Jalen Carter got banged up, and he hasn't really been himself uh, the last few weeks. So I think he's he's had an injury that's been lingering and bothering him a little bit. It was a bummer. I fired him up in the flex spot. I've got him and Javon Hargrave. So kind of hard to sit down Javon Hargrave. But I was like, I got to put Jalen Carter in the flex. He's playing sack Howell. Should yeah. be good for you know multiple sacks. But, yeah, injuries. Both of them had real bad games. Yes, exactly. So... Not great on that front. Um, Sidney Brown actually played a decent amount. I'm guessing he maybe played in the slot. Yeah, or, I think so. Or they're running three uh, three safeties out there, uh, similar to, to what Dallas does. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd assume he's probably playing slot. Um, and then Reed Blankenship, like we mentioned at the top, dude, he has been crushing it this he year. He really has. He really has. I think he has, like, four games over 20 points and big three scoring, which is – 
I think that might be top among safeties. I'm pretty sure he's top five in points per game right now among safeties. He's playing um, usage that it really isn't ideal for IDP, but he's still getting it done. Also, looking back at his college stats, the dude went over 400 tackles. I, Whoa. I think the last episode I said it was 300. 300. It was over 400 you shorted tackles. him 100 tackles. Dude was a very good tackler in college. So, I mean, yeah, I think that uh, he just that just may be him. He 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 may be a breakout star at the DB position. I think so. They got a really good safety room now. They do. All of With a sudden. Kevin Byard coming yeah. in. Yeah, I looked it up. So Macri had the breakdown for us. Sidney Brown, fifty six percent of snaps, eighty percent in the slot. So that um, it's nice to see. I was waiting for that uh, Sidney Brown kind of emergence, and I thought, oh man, with Kevin Byard coming in, Sidney Brown's gonna be the one sent to the bench. But it looks like they may have a role for this guy. Who knows? I know they, nice. they're dealing with some injuries, too. It, Avante Maddox may be banged up, so that could be why he's getting a shot there. I don't know how that's going to shake out once everyone's healthy and, and whatnot. But, yeah, for now, it's it's it, it's nice to get a look at him, for sure. Yeah. Commander side of things, Cam Curl continues to reward his preseason. Believers shout out Jake Colhagen with another strong performance. And Montez Sweat is currently having his best IDP year ever on pace for 13 and a half sacks and over 250 points. Top three scores, Montez Sweat, 18.55 points in week eight, 12.76 points per game average the last five games, but 16.5 points per game average for the season. He had five tackles, two TFLs, a sack, and one QB hit on 67% of snaps. Cam Curl was number two, 15.75 points, seven tackles, a forced fumble, and a PD on 100% of snaps. And then Casey Hill was number three, 11.35 points. In week eight, a tackle, a TFL, a sack, and a QB hit on 21% of snaps. Headline for the commander side of things, Addy. Hill could be interesting if one of these guys gets dealt. Also, um, James Smith-Williams as well, I mean, uh, you never know. Both of those guys could be due for more snaps if, if someone leaves. Now, know. this episode will come out for most people. They'll be hearing it right before the trade deadline, which is tomorrow, I believe, at 3 Central, 4 Eastern. Do you think either of the Washington edge rushers gets dealt? Hmm. I don't think, I don't think they do. Probably not. Because they've, got, they've only been offered a third-round pick for either of these guys. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to give a second. Are you kidding me? I mean, what are the chances of hitting on a player as good, especially as Montez Sweat has been yeah. in the second round? Yeah, I saw where Atlanta was potentially mm-hmm. interested in him. That would be a nice fit for him. If you're Arizona, why are you not yeah. buying right now at the deadline some of these edge rushers, some of these young, talented guys that people are shopping around and kind of restocking the team? What if you go get Caleb Williams at the number one overall pick and then you're throwing Montez Sweat onto a, you know, a rebuilding defense. I mean, you could turn this thing around potentially faster than you think if you turn some of these picks into really talented players. Yeah, lots of nice pieces out there for, uh, you know, up for grabs. And even Minnesota, you know, do they think about maybe dealing Hunter now that Kirk Cousins is torn Achilles? That you was know. such a bummer, man. But, uh, yeah, I would love to see one of these guys move and get them out of Washington. Yeah, that would be nice. They've had a nice season, but um, would love to see the opportunity somewhere else. Where have you been hearing? Have you been hearing some of the rumors for? Atlanta was the one I had heard. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, I, I don't think anything's going to come to fruition. The NFL just doesn't, for whatever reason, 
have a good trade deadline drama. They never have. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the trades happen like around the draft, like free agency, like kind of in the off season. Trade deadline just always passes with a whimper. So we'll see what happens, though. That would be really fun if either of these guys got dealt. Um, the only trade so far that we've seen of any significance was Leonard Williams to the Seahawks. Interesting trade. I think is interesting more from an NFL perspective than probably an IDP perspective, but joins a very good defense there in Seattle. Yeah. Those uniforms. What a great uniform weekend we had. The yeah. Oilers throwbacks for the Titans. Those are awesome. It's just gorgeous. I'm really just not – not thrilled that uh, Will Levis looked really good in his debut. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, Colts squandered one to the Saints. Uh, then you had the Seahawks throwbacks. Might be my favorite this season. We've had some really good. The creamsicles were great. Yeah. The Eagles Kelly Green throwbacks were great. But man, those Seahawks ones were something special. Those are some of them. Yeah, those are the those are the hits right there. Those yes. ones you just named. Yes. Also like those throwback Patriot ones, those red mm-hmm. ones, I think. Yep. Those are good ones. It's like it's almost like why don't we just have a throwback season where yeah. every team wears their throwbacks? Cuz I guarantee you visually it would be a much more enjoyable experience to watch these teams in throwback uniforms. Yeah. So, let's move on to Saints Colts. We just talked about it. Saints get the 38-27 victory. Saints headline is Paul Sadebo starting to find his rhythm again with back-to-back strong games, Addy. Top 3, Paul Sadebo was number 1, 24.45 points. He had 3 tackles, a pick, 3 PDs on 100% of snaps. He had 19.75 points last week, and he's averaging 10.55 over the last five games. Carl Granderson was second, 20.3 points in week eight, six tackles, a TFL, a sack, and three QB hits on 82% of snaps. Carl Granderson has been awesome this season, about a 13-point-per-game average the last five games. And then Marshawn Lattimore uh, was third, 18.25 points, nine tackles, a TFL, and a PD. Talk to me about Paulson Adebo uh, so far this season, Eddie. He's been awesome, dude. I mean, he missed a, a few games early on with injury, and that's when we saw Isaac Yadam come in and, and play well. But, uh, yeah, Paulson Adebo, he's been the most productive cornerback there uh, in New Orleans this year. I know Elante Taylor had that monster week, but he's really been kind of fizzling as of late. He's still playing Tons of snaps. He's just not been productive. So Well, then you see Marshawn Lattimore here. So it could be a case of the Saints having three, you know. They have three solid safeties above, or, or uh, yeah, corners. Yeah. Above average options for IDP uh, for the cornerback side of things. Yeah, definitely. And then they got a fourth one in, in waiting that's really good, too, when he gets a chance. Which is? Yadam. Oh, Isaac Yadam. That's right. I do miss saying his name. Yep. Um, uh, Marcus May didn't get to play. I don't know. I saw where he was maybe dealing with the illness before that game. They said there were 17 Saints players that were sick that week. Okay, so that's got to be what that's about. Because Michael Thomas was sick but played. And that's, I think, because I was watching the game and they said, yeah, he was one of 17 Saints players. It, this happens this time of year. Yeah. These locker rooms, these guys are always together in close quarters. And it's like, you know, it's amazing we got through COVID with no missed games. Yeah. With how close true. these guys are in contact each week. Pete Warner sucked again. Man. It was just like a like a five or six tackle game, I think. You know, who's been more disappointing this season, Devin White or Pete Warner? Devin White, I think so. Where yes. you had to draft, you drafted him. him higher than Pete Warner, but people love them some Pete Warner. Yep, I bet Pete if we Warner went back, drafted pretty high too. I bet if we went back and looked at the ADP, he was a top twenty-four linebacker. I'd say probably so. top fifteen or sixteen. Yep. 
So Colts. shout out to Mario Davis. We give him hell all the time, but he had a nice tackle week. I think he had like twelve tackles. <laughs> there you go. So. There you go. Demario Davis. You can chill for a few weeks, bro. Yep. Take it. Take the week next week or two off. Uh, let's go to the Colts side of things. If Zaire Franklin's knee injury causes him to miss time, Shaq Leonard becomes a viable play at linebacker. Zaire was good this week, though. 97% of snaps, 17.5 points, 14 tackles, and a PD. Is he still on pace for like 700 tackles? I was looking today. I think it's like 217. Which I think breaks the record, I right? Think so. But yeah, at one point it was like he was 250, he right? Was 250 yeah, or something it's like that. It's just nuts. I mean, 200 would be the most we've seen. In, Since I've been doing this. I was, yeah. was going to say probably a decade plus. Yeah. I think when we looked, the 200 tackle games were from back in the maybe early 2000s. Fouillet got to like 192 one year, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I feel like. I don't think he cracked 200, though. I don't think so. That would be incredible. I hope Zaire stays healthy just so he can cross that threshold. But, yeah, 16.95 points per game average the last five games. If he doesn't, EJ Speed could be a league winner, y'all. That's right. <laughs> I'm telling you, EJ Speed, you can just tell watching the game. I mean, just go back and watch Colts highlights from this season, and you'll see why we're so fired up about EJ Speed. But DeForest Buckner was the second highest score, 14.65 points, three tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and a QB hit on 77% of snaps. He's been quiet the last five games, though, 7.2 points per game. And Shaq Leonard, 11.25 points, 11 tackles, just six and a quarter point per game average the last five games. He played 83% of snaps. I think we can move to Jaguars, Steelers, Addy. The edge rushers for the Jags, who got the 20-10 to 10 victory. They're one of uh, four six-win teams, which is kind of crazy to say that the Jags are, you know, one of the best teams in the league right now by record, but that's where we are. And uh, the edge rushers cashing in in week eight certainly helped. Top three scores: Josh Allen, 26.75 points. He's been averaging 15.14 points per game the last five games. He had five tackles, two TFLs, two sacks, and two QB hits on 82% of snaps. And then Andrew Wingard, let's come back to Mr. Wingard here, 21 points in week eight, three tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and a QB hit on 77% of snaps. Long hair. Long hair, don't care. And then Trayvon Walker rounds out the top three, 14.5 points, two tackles, a TFL, a sack, and two QB hits on 73% of snaps. What's going on with Mr. Wingard, though? Is this somebody we can maybe plug in with bye weeks coming back around? We'll see. I think he's getting his opportunity because of Andre Sisko being out. So if Andre Sisko plays, no, we can't trust him. But, yeah, if Sisko's out, yes. So we have we can, two, we can plug him in. two guys like this, the Chad Muma for the linebackers, right, mm-hmm. and then Wingard for the safeties. That's right. If Sisko's out doing the world tour, singing the thong song, yes. we plug in Wingard yes. and that beautiful hair. Yeah, he's fun. He's a you know again. It's once that hair's flying around, it just does something to the defense. I don't it just know. It it gets, gets you, people fired up. I think it's like a caveman type of reaction where it's just like it triggers something deep in our brain to just go next level with the intensity. Yep. When you see a man with the hair flowing in the wind, I mean, also think about it. every every guy you know that has long hair. They're 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 pretty wild, they're, right? They're 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 a wild card. They're cool. They're cool. They're doing cool stuff. You're like, man, they're, they're reckless. They are. They're jumping off of stuff. Yeah, they're they're doing stuff that they're always telling you stuff that you're just like, what you did, what you Whoa. did, you, ju- you jumped off of what? Yeah, right. Yeah, and because because I want to be, I want you to film me. Why? Because I've got long hair. I look good. Yep. I want you to capture me doing some crazy stuff. Oh, so yeah, they know they look good. They're, yeah, they're yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be crazy. I'm gonna look hot while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah, I want. I mean, does every guy secretly wish he had long hair? I think so. Deep I down, think so. I think there's some piece of us that wants that long hair. Yeah, you we want to if you can. Yeah, you hope that you can rock it and pull it off and and look cool. But but I mean, there's a good chance that it, it wouldn't if if we tried it. Yeah, I think we grow it out to like mullet level and then be like, my God, what have we done? The wife would be like, please, just what are we doing? I will cut it while you sleep if you don't yeah. do it. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Us follically challenged men are not at all intimidated by men with long hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, quickly on the Jags before we move on, this is why you keep plugging in Josh Allen because you never know when he's going to pop off for two sacks, two TFLs, five tackles, and two QB hits. Um, on pace for 19 this year. Yep. 19 sacks, folks. That's a lot. I did not know it was that high. Contract year, baby. That's right. Go get paid, Josh He's going to get paid, right? That's right. Probably by the Jags, uh, which would be fine, I guess. Continuity's good. But um, does the Rashawn Gary contract yes. look similar for Josh Allen? I could see that. What was it? Four years, $107 million for? Mm. Uh, so that's what, like roughly like 26, 27 per year? More. More than uh, Rashawn Gary or less? I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to say just a smidge more. I think a little more, too. Just a smidge more. Because also Gary's coming off the ACL. Exactly. I think, I think that that's was a nice, part of it. That was, that was a nice gesture for the it Packers. Was, it was like. I mean, um, they had, I mean, obviously, Gary's awesome. Yeah, it was like Jonathan Taylor. You know, get back healthy, get on the field, and we'll mm-hmm. talk contract. And I think the Packers probably played it the same way with Rashawn Gary. Get healthy. Get back on the field. Once we feel good that your recovery has gone to plan, we're going to sign you. Yeah, we saw the snaps go up. Yep. And then, yeah, they, they, they feel good. So there you go. Um, yes, I do think Josh Allen gets a deal from the Jags, and I think it's maybe just a smidge north. I could see, like, and I'm not not a lot, like four years, $110 million yeah, or something. You know, It'll be in that ballpark. Does Sweat get – Sweat doesn't get that type of money, I don't think. I think Sweat could. You think so? I think when you look at – the track record, I think Sweat probably has the better track record because Josh Allen's been a little bit up and down. Now, he's played really well this season, but I think size-wise, is Montez Sweat a little bigger than Josh Allen? He's like 6'5". I'm, six, I'm just six. thinking of like what NFL GMs will like look at and prioritize. Yeah, Sweat is definitely like I think RAS the, freak, no doubt. The sack total probably is higher for Sweat. I don't know now. Yeah, number of games played. Total sacks, probably. Yeah, total sacks, probably higher. A number of games played during their careers, probably Sweat's got them beat there, if I had to guess. I think they've they've had similar careers, honestly. They've both, like, been kind of up and down. I want the little, like, player A, player B comparison where they put the stats side by side, because I would be curious. Sweat has been really good, like, the past year and a half, mm -hmm. I feel like. Um, and Josh Allen has been very up and down, right? Yeah. But he came into the league like red hot. Yep. And then he's just kind of been a letdown until yeah. now. Started red hot, let down, and then come back around. So yeah. I'll I'll be curious. I would probably say that Montez Sweat gets more money. Uh, but yeah, I think that's gonna be like neck and neck. Those deals typically stack in like right whoever mm-hmm. gets paid after like second. Like if Josh Allen gets paid first, Montez Sweat is getting more money. If Montez Sweat gets paid first, Josh Allen is getting more money because they use those deals as leverage to get their own deals done. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, if Logan Wilson is mom's meatloaf, Cole Holcomb is a TV dinner. It's cheap, does the job, 
Uh, you got it four, but it doesn't leave you very satisfied. Top three for the Steelers, Alandon Roberts, 21.2 points in week eight, five tackles, a TFL, one and a half sacks, and two QB hits on just 44% of snaps. Like, this is this linebacker room is just a it's a punchline, man. He's still good for best ball. That's true. If He's you had have, like some nice spike weeks. Yes. If you have him in best ball, you are pretty satisfied. Devontae KZ was number two, 16.95 points, five tackles, a pick, a PD. And then Cole Holcomb was number three, 14.75 points. He's averaging about 13 points the last five games, 11 tackles, a fumble recovery, 90% of snaps. I mean, Cole Holcomb, Logan Wilson is the Spider-Man pointing meme right now. They're yeah. going to get you 10 to 15 points each week. Solid, steady, Eddie, lunch pail, clock in, clock out type of guys. Yep, yep, really good players. Um, Logan Wilson has been pretty good, though, lately. Like yes. he's, he's reached another level. Uh, so the meatloaf is like Gordon Ramsay elevated meatloaf experience. Well, they're using, yeah, they're using uh, like prime mm. beef with the with the meatloaf. You know, it's not the grocery store. Not the grocery store. Yeah. About to expire. I got the good deal right. on it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I might eat some meatloaf if you had some some prime Sorry. cut. Bet you would. <laughs> if it tastes as good as Logan Wilson's been playing, I'd have to think about it. Now, Minka Fitzpatrick left this game with a hamstring He's injury. He's already been ruled out. Uh, Keanu Neal. Saw a, a bump in snap, so maybe he's a, a viable option for it. I think I he actually losing, gets a linebacker tag and sleeper, too. I hate so. losing Minka. Minka's been good this year. That sucks. Yeah. Yep. Let's move we to... We ain't got them safeties to lose. That's right. There's not a lot of them that are good out there, so we got to hold on to the ones that yep. we can actually trust. Reed Blankenship and Cameron Bynum. <laughs> Dax Hill. Uh, Kyle Hamilton currently sitting as safety three. He's been great. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, Jets Giants though. Jets get the thirteen to ten win in the Snoopy Bowl. Jets. It's been inconsistent, but Jermaine Johnson, jo- uh, Jermaine Johnson could finish the year with double digit sacks and also bonus headline. Are both Jets linebackers top six LBs for the rest of the season? Eddie, we had a fun question from Donald S on the preview show last week about starting both. Quincy and CJ in the same IDP lineup. I typically would not do this because it caps your upside starting two players from the same game. Uh, but I don't see any issue with this when both guys are playing as well as CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams. Yeah, no issues at all. Fire them both up. I mean, CJ Mosley is going to be more your steady Eddie type that, that soaks up 15 tackles and probably doesn't give you much else outside of that. But Quincy Williams will give you 10 and then, like, three TFLs and a sack. And Isn't that the perfect way to just do a lineup, though? Have a steady yeah. Eddie guy and then, like, a little more higher variance guy? Yeah, and, I mean, the Jets are playing tons of snaps. I'm sure that they're – I'm pretty confident that they're both, like, in, in the top five as far as snaps per game goes. So, that's nice. I don't see that really changing any, anytime soon. Um, the offense can't stay on the field, can't sustain drives, all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean – Quinto Williams is, I think, number one in points per game still. Incredible. Yeah, 22.25 points in week eight. He's averaging the last five games, 22.7 points per game the last five games. I traded him away in Unreal Tournament recently. Did you? Yes. What'd you I get I traded for him? him for a second. Hey, that's beautiful. Fine with that. I'm yeah. fine cashing out. You yep. know, do that all day long. Never had an opportunity to cash out until now. I mean, he is going to be an LB1 to close out the, yes, the year. Is. but. Whatever. I don't think I'm a serious contender in there. I think I need to, to kind of get some some picks for the future and stuff too. But uh, yeah, made that move. 
There you go. I'm hoping someone comes and gets Bobby Okereke from me. I thought about league. sending you an offer. Yeah, I, I'm hope somebody sends me a second for Bobby Okereke. Done. Thought Sold. about thought about uh, sending one for Winfield, but then I realized mm-hmm. he was expiring. Yeah, his deal is not too bad in there. I think uh, his extension. It's like four years, forty. I looked into. Yeah, it. it was. Yeah, the Javon Holland one wasn't as bad. It was a little cheaper, and then Cam Curl I think was also pretty affordable. Oh, interesting. So, got four or three expiring safeties in there. So I got. I've got safety troubles. Come get them, brother. We are wide open for business. We are cruising for the number one pick in the XFFL. <laughs> but yes, Quincy Williams uh, was awesome. 11 tackles, two TFLs, and a PD. And CJ Mosley, 21.15 points. He's averaging 18.2, 12 tackles, half a sack, a PD, and a QB hit on 100% of snaps. But let's talk about Jermaine Johnson. Sure. Real quick, Addy. 30.9 points, 12.37 points per game, average six tackles, two TFLs, two sacks, and four QB hits on 73% of snaps. Is Jermaine Johnson starting to solidify himself as the top edge option on this team? Yes. I think so, too. Yes, he he is the top edge option on the team. Uh, Bryce Huff is, is a very close second. Um, Bryce Huff has a... 29.9% pressure rate. Oh, my gosh. Is that leading the league that, right now? That's number one in the league. He's been productive over the last three games to 15.1 uh, points in week five, 18.5 in week six, and then 15.1 this past week. So, uh, And still, the, the snaps aren't anything crazy. You know, like um, he's, he's still just getting 35% of the snaps right now. So, Wow, that's nuts. Talk about a guy that I would love to see, like – we were talking about the Cardinals earlier. Why are the Cardinals are one of these kind of rebuilding franchises, the the Panthers, the Bears, like the Bears have so much need on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they sending, I mean, heck, a third-round pick probably gets Bryce Huff from the Jets? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It drives me crazy when when – the GMs have access to the same information as us, and they're not like, you know, the Jets aren't really using this Bryce Huff guy, and he's like one of the most prolific I, I rushers guess, in the league from a pressure standpoint. I guess um, they'll get a comp pick probably, mm-hmm. right? A third will be a third based on the it, it's based on the contract they sign, right? I think so. I bet Huff gets a decent little deal. I think so. I think he'll be one of those low key. Uh, who did we say he'll remind us of? Uchenna. Yeah, Uchenna. The situation's very much like Uchenna's yes. situation. Um, even the like the play styles, they kind of remind me of each other. Huff is a little, uh, a little undersized, a little smaller. Yep, but yeah, he's super explosive, dude, and, and has a has a has a really good motor. So I think he'll get like a um, Caden Ellis type of like eyebrow raising deal. Like, whoa, didn't think that uh, Bryce Huff was gonna get that kind of deal. Yeah, um, he'll get more than I think Caden did, but like a two year, twenty four million or I something see like that. that you I could see that. Yep. As some team would be very smart to cash in on Bryce Huff and pick this guy up during free agency. On the Giants' side, Miles Garrett dressed up as Jeepers Creepers for Halloween, but Kayvon dressed up as Miles Garrett. Good one, Aaron. Uh, top three, Kayvon Thibodeau. We mentioned him at the top of the show. Joined the 40-point club. Uh, 47.85 points, nine tackles, three TFLs, three sacks, 41 freaking sack yards a forced fumble, and three QB hits on 97% of snaps. He is playing a Max Crosby-level snap count this season. Uh, 15.43 points per game average the last five games. Hey, let's pause right there. Kayvon Thibodeau started the season slow. We were a little worried about him, but my God, he has been on 
fire these last few games. Yeah, I mean, on pace for 18 sacks now. So, you love to see that. I love to see that. Anytime they're flirting with 20 sacks, I'm paying attention. But yeah, those first those first uh, two weeks, three and a half points week one, then two points week two, then 13, 28, 15, 1.25, 19.3 in week seven, and then yeah, 47.8 points this past week. So, those we feel those stinkers because they came early in the season, but he's only had what three duds, yeah, right? Three right. single digit outputs, pressure rates 10%, but again, that is continuing to climb. He was really bad, like from a metric standpoint, to start the year, but also that Giants team just got off to a really, really mm-hmm. weird start. Yep. Like across the board, that entire team was 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 not good. Now they got Tommy DeVito, who might Tommy be DeVito. the most outwardly Italian quarterback we've ever had in the league. I know he had the TD chain. Yeah, touchdown, Tommy DeVito. I mean, named DeVito. This, this feels like a backyard football type of character. Yeah, uh, yeah, love love to see that going on there. Dexter <laughs> Lawrence had 15 pressures. Yeah, this you week. were asking Macri about it this on Twitter with the most cursed gif I have ever seen. Uh, go check it out, folks, if you hadn't. Just look at Adam's recent tweets and look for the one to John. But, yeah, that was close to the record, right? Yeah, I think the pre- the uh, the record for pressures in a game was 18 from, who was it? It was uh, Some random. Chris Clemens. There you go. Oh. Chris Clemens. It was in 2011, I think, okay. Macri said. So, I mean, it's been a long time. Maybe it was before that. But, yeah, Chris Clemens. Um, I was thinking of Michael Clemens with like the bull ring. In yeah, his yeah, nose. no, no, Chris Clemens. He, was, I think Chris Clemens was pretty good in, in his day too. Yes, but uh, yeah, fifteen pressures this past weekend for for Dexter Lawrence. So yeah, I asked Macker's like, what's the record all time? And it's uh, it's eighteen. There you go, folks. Eighteen pressures. So fifteen. But they were giving away back then. A lot easier to do now. <laughs> Equals very good pressures. Right. Uh, Harder pressure, to get yeah. them now. So this, speaking of Dexter Lawrence, they didn't know what they was doing back then. <laughs> PFF was just in its infancy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Dexter Lawrence. 21.85 points, three tackles, a TFL, a sack, and five QB hits on 83% of snaps. And then Bobby Okereke rounds out the top three, 19.25. He's averaging 20.49 the last five games. He had nine tackles and three TFLs and 100% of snaps. So Bobby O has been very good as well. He's been awesome. Um, Aziz Ojolari, I saw where they – I don't think we touched on this, but they put him on IR, actually. I think they're going to see if he could try and make his way back, but they went ahead and shut him down for a little bit longer. So you'll be out. You'll be without him for, for a few more weeks, I'd say. Um, and then we know about Leonard Williams getting shipped out of town, so yep. we'll, we'll be seeing who you know fills in for him. Um, Jihad Ward has been the guy filling in for Aziz Ojolari, but not really someone that should be on yeah. the radar. Major bummer with Aziz Ojolari this year. Micah McFadden's snaps have kind of been going down. I don't know if that's – I think he was dealing with some injury mm-hmm. stuff too, so maybe so. it's because of that. But Bobby O is really the only guy I think you can feel great about there. Yeah, keep an eye on if McFadden gets banged up. It might be Isaiah Simmons' season once again. Yeah. Never know. So they got to put someone in there next to, uh, next to Bobby O. But, yeah, probably not. Um, sorry, Bob. Sorry, Bobo. Let's talk about Texans falling to the Panthers. The Panthers getting their first dub, 15-13 over Houston. Houston headline, Jonathan Grenard's breakout season is well underway. Two sacks shy of his career best, and we're only at week eight. He had 35 points in week eight, 12.16 points per game average the last five games. He had six tackles, two TFLs, two and a half sacks, 25 sack yards, and four QB hits on 66% of snaps. 
Malik Collins was at number two, 27 points uh, with two sacks, seven tackles, a TFL, and three QB hits. And then Blake Cashman. This linebacker situation, I think, is starting to clarify a little bit, Addy. I think Cashman is the guy you want. 19.55 points, 91% of snaps, 18.55 points per game average the last five games. He had five tackles, two TFLs, a sack, and one QB hit. So let's talk about Cashman first, and then we'll go back to Greener or Grenard. Um, do we have the linebacker finally figured out? Is it Blake Cashman? Are you still holding out hope for Denzel Perryman? Certainly not Christian Harris. Yeah. But it's a, still a little bit ambiguous there behind Cashman, I feel like. Yeah, I think Cashman is the guy. I mean, he's been tearing it up from a PFF standpoint, too. Uh, do you have the grades pulled up? I right do, there? yep. 68.1 this week overall. Run defense, 82. Pass rush, 79. Tackling, 55.3. Coverage, 48. So it's still a, a very solid week. And I mean, the, the that's not the overall grades. The overall grades are like some of the best in the league. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like they've been taking notice of that. So I think he's going to be safe and, and secure there. And actually someone that I was thinking about, like pretty good trade target for you if you're contender. Yes. You don't want to go spend, you know, out the ass for a Bobby O or a, a one of those types, you know, Quincy Williams. You don't want to go pay a second. Um, you should be targeting Cashman, Cashman. for a third. Cashman for a fourth. I try, think try to start with a fourth. You know, like think about the, the RSO leagues that we're in where people just picked up Cashman off waivers. Mm-hmm. If they can like, turn a guy off of waivers into a fourth-round pick. Right, because they're, nice. they're expiring anyway, yep. you know. So, because um, I, I don't really feel like I'm going to pay a third for Cashman. Yeah, in probably that type not. of setting. And even like a, a normal dynasty league, like I don't know what to expect, you know, outside Past of the season. Although it could be really nice. It could be, it could be, you could have gold there. If this guy does end up being actually good and like sticks around and, and gets starter, you know, starter reps for the next few years, like, gosh, that's, that's a, that's pretty nice. Very nice. So, uh, Henry Tuo was 49%. Denzel Perryman, 48%. Christian Harris, 16%. Yeah. I just, um, so it's nothing, nothing I'm interested in behind Cashman. Yeah. I don't, unfortunately, I don't feel good about it outside of him. So, yeah, Cashman, maybe, maybe try and get, get, uh, get some offers out there. Yeah. If him. you, if you're able to trade for Cashman, let us know what you got him for. Uh, we'll feature it on the IDP trade show, and we'll maybe even talk about it on one of the recap episodes as well. But let's jump back up to Jonathan Grenard. 35 points, two and a half sacks, four QB hits, uh, 12.16 points per game average the last five games. This is a sneaky little edge target here, Addy. Yeah, dude. He's averaging 16 and a half on the season. There but, go. I mean, he's had, you know, he's had some really nice weeks, 19.45 in week one. 32 points in week four, and then, yeah, 35 this past week. So, I mean, there's not a lot of people that have been doing that uh, this year, and uh, pressure numbers are fine, 12.4%. No, I'm sorry, 11% pressure rate, which is solid. Will Anderson has 12.4% pressure rate. So, I know Will Anderson has been frustrating for, from IDP standpoint, but I expect him to have better days ahead. Of course, yeah. He's a rookie. Like, we should be we should be patient with this stuff. I'm not disappointed. Um you know, could could he have had a hotter start? Of course, but mm. you're not like I'm not sitting here panicking and selling Will Anderson and Dynasty. Still getting good pressures. Yeah, grades if, are good. Looks good. If you've got someone in your league who's panicked about Will Anderson or mad that he hasn't contributed year one, slide in there and see if you can yeah. grab him um, because you may have some frustrated managers out there. Or send him Jonathan Grenard and uh, maybe a late pick or something to see if you can scoop up Will Anderson. 
and Dynasty. Let's move to the Panthers side of things. Addy, are you disappointed with Brian Burns so far in 2023? He is currently the edge rusher 21 by Big Three scoring. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. Uh, just, I think he's. I think he's frustrated though, right? And I think there's been a lot of stuff circulate, you know, circulating around him about trades. Uh, that we, team stinks. We know about the holdout stuff, uh, and also he just doesn't have a lot of help there. You know, it's Derek Brown and Frankie Louvu, and yeah. that's really that's, about it. That's really about it. You know, so yeah, I'd say that he probably wants to get out of there at this point. So I mean, he he might just be trying to. Um, not get hurt. Stay healthy. Right? Exactly. <laughs> not, yeah, his grades were not good this week. Um, 50.2 overall, run defense 45, pass rush 56.9, coverage 64.1, just a 25.6 tackle grade. He had 12.25 points, just two tackles, a sack, and a QB hit. 9.92 points per game average the last three games. That's not going to get it done. Uh, but let's talk about who did get it done. Frankie Louvu. Man. Just love seeing this guy have blow-up games. Uh, Scott Hansen, you need to learn the pronunciation of some of these IDPs. I uh, did not know how to pronounce Frankie Louvu's name. How's he saying it? Uh, like, love you or Lavu. I think it was Lavu. Frankie Lavu. Mm. I was like, man, come on, bro. How do you not have just a pronunciation guide for every player? And also, like, Frankie Louvu's pretty good. Like, this is not some guy that they signed off the street last week or, season, or, or something, you know? Yeah, he probably made the Pro Bowl, I'd say. Yeah, like, come on. Like, Show some love to the defensive side of the ball. But yeah. Frankie Louvu was awesome last week. 34.6 points in week eight. 12.9 points per game average the last five games. He had 12 tackles, two TFLs, a sack, two PDs, and a QB hit on 100% of snaps. He was getting floated as a trade target as well. Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of fun. Get Drop him onto like a contender and let him loose. I would love to see him on a better supporting cast. I saw Xavier Woods was back in this game. Mm-hmm. He was, 12.5 points, third highest score on the team. No Jeremy Chen, no Von Bell. Sam Franklin uh, sucked in a in a really big spot for him. I'm sure a lot of people might have started him. Yep. Good process, I think. Just, uh, you know. Just doesn't get the result that you want. Yep. Dante Jackson, 13.25 points, was the second leading score. Let's move, though, Addy, to Patriots. Dolphins, Dolphins get the 31-17 win over the Patriots. Um, headline for the Pats, is Kyle Duggar the chosen one? Is this finally the IDP that is going to break the curse of Bill Belichick hating your fantasy lineup? 32.35 points in week eight, 11.7 points per game, average the last five games. Uh, 100% of snaps. That's the number one stat, though, that I want to draw your attention to. Kyle Duggar, been pretty solid, despite all of the things working against him, mainly Bill Belichick not wanting to give guys consistent snaps. Yeah, he's been awesome. And he's really been good his entire career there. I mean, Bill has liked him. Yes. I mean, you know, as much as Bill Belichick can like anybody, I mean, he's he's given him at least like 7% of the snaps every single year. Um, and then, yeah, it seems like now he's he's really starting to trust him. Uh, One of Bill Belichick's probably few draft hits yeah. in recent years. Yeah. Um, so it's that's that's been great to see. Um, Jabril Peppers has been someone that's been useful for us now, too. That's also been nice. Peppers be hot, Peppers as we know. Juwan Bentley was hurt in this game. Yeah. Pay attention um, to Mac Wilson. That was in Boo Bam's waiver exactly. article. Uh, Mac Wilson is a nice little fill-in if you want to get the Bentley replacement. 
Bentley was was headed towards a big week too. I think he had six tackles and he only played twenty six percent percent of the snaps. So what was the injury? Was he? It was a hamstring. Oh man! But yeah, we that definitely had some tackle props with Bentley. So that oh, was unfortunate. Ooh, that's that's the Sucks. worst. Uh, Christian Barmore was the second highest score, fifteen point eight five points. He's been good. As, yeah. as of as of late. Yep, sixty four percent of snaps. He had five tackles, a TFL, a sack, and a QB hit. Ten point four eight points per game average the last five games, and then JC Jackson. Comes back to New England, turns into a top cornerback option. You can't make this stuff up. 11.75 points in week eight on 68% of snaps. Let's move to the Dolphins side, Addy. It was a Jalen and Jalen week. Jalen Phillips is heating up right in time to play Mahomes and have a bye week. Don't go chasing Jalen Ramsey's points quite yet, though. Top three for the Dolphins, Jalen Phillips. Welcome back, you beautiful bastard. 20.4 points. Eight tackles, a TFL, a sack, nine sack yards, and a QB hit. Uh, 20.75 points last week. 85% of snaps for Jalen Phillips. Christian Wilkins continues to be an outstanding option for D-tackle required leagues. Hell, DL leagues, if you play in sleeper, 16.35 points in week eight. He's averaging 13.54 the last five games. He had five tackles, a TFL, a sack, six sack yards, and a QB hit on 87% of snaps. And then Bradley Chubb, 15.75 points. Um, He had 13.03 points per game, averaged the last five games. Got himself a sack and a TFL. And two QB hits on 81% of snaps. And yeah, there was Jalen Ramsey. Great to see him back. Didn't think we were going to have him back till sometime in December. He makes it back before Halloween. 15.65 points. Uh, Just one assist, but he did have the INT with 49 return yards. Did you see the hype video before the game? I did not. Was it good? It was pretty good. Yeah. It's just, it's fun to welcome Ramsey back to that team with how good they're playing, Mm -hmm. how good he looked in his his return. I mean, coming back that quickly from the injury he had, we've seen some pretty remarkable injury recoveries. You got Aaron Rodgers out there dropping back pushing off that foot, throwing the ball. Yep. I mean, it's been a wild year for science and recovery and NFL. Um, is there a chance Rodgers makes it back before the end of the season? Maybe so. And it's what – did, what did someone say? Are they going to be even in it, though? No. I mean, I'm just saying, could he make it back before the playoffs even start? Oh, I wouldn't think so. I, I think I think he just wants to prove after the whole immunized – uh, thing that like he can make it back with like peyote and like dolphin porn, as someone pointed out on Twitter. <laughs> it's like I just want I kind of want to see it. It's great content. I think every week he's just dropping these little teasers on Twitter. That was such a bummer. That was a huge bummer. Fired up, one, man. Yeah. So um, who knows? It's weirder things have happened. But welcome back, Jalen Ramsey. Um, Dolphins edge rushers speak on it. Bradley Chubb. Hell, let's talk about the defensive line in general. Christian yeah. Wilkins, uh, Christian Wilkins, and Jalen Phillips all have been standouts here the last couple weeks. I mean, it's so good that we can no longer uh, they can no longer play Van Ginkle. I know. You know Emmanuel Ogba's uh, forgotten about distant memory at this point. Yeah, Beautiful. And I mean Ogba was you know I think he had like ten almost ten sacks a few seasons ago. Right, they gave him that big deal, and then he just he gone. Yeah, he gets like less than ten snaps a week now. So. Uh yeah, Bradley Chubb. I mean, welcome back to the radar, man. He is he's been awesome this year. Now, what is his uh what's his 
uh, sack pace for the season. He's on pace for ten and a half. There you go. I think you called him for double digit in your little mini flag plant, didn't yep, you? Yeah, I definitely did. There He's you go. Heating up fourteen point nine points per game on the season. Christian Wilkins thirteen point one points per game. Jalen Phillips twelve point six points per game. Uh, Jalen Phillips one of the better tackling edge guys in the mm-hmm. league. Mm-hmm. 12.3% tackle rate this year. He's averaging 5.6. I mean, that's, I think it's second to only Max Crosby. Um, they remind me so much of each other, man. They do, right, exactly. They really do. Uh, good in the run game, yep. high motors, explosive. Dogs. You just watch him and you're like, that guy is good at football. Yes. You know, there's no holes in his game. Yep. So good to have him back. I wanted to see who had been um, – the top defensive tackles on the season so far. Um, you are not going to believe this, folks, but Justin Matabukake has moved into the number one spot. He is D-tackle one on the season. We'll talk about him here in just a little bit. Uh, but Christian Wilkins, let's see, he is down here. It looks like Oliver is still number two behind Matabuke. And then uh, Christian Wilkins is D-tackle three, tied with DeForest Buckner right now who is D-tackle three, I guess. Uh, and then how is DJ Wanham right there? We're not going to talk about Wanham. I'm just not going to do it. Aaron Donald's at 14.1 points per game. So have they had a bye or anything? No. The, the Rams? I don't think so. So he's got to be up there too. Yeah. Um, let's move to the next game, though, Addy. Falcons fall to the Titans. Will Levis' debut. We mentioned it earlier in those beautiful Houston Oilers uniforms. Derrick Henry not going to get traded now. They've got to the mayonnaise coffee chugging monster that is Will Levis tossing the ball up to DeAndre Hopkins for three touchdowns. Who? I mean, it's like mayonnaise chugging, banana pill eating. Yeah, just a complete weirdo. But hey, I think all of that attention he garnered, it's like kept him on the kept him on the radar. Yeah, you know, it's for the for the clicks, for the content. That's but all that matters. That's it, it. Worked. It worked. And hey, if I'm we a, should do that. No, we shouldn't. Uh, if I'm a rookie making my debut in the NFL, I'm just going to be like, hey, coach, I'm just going to throw it to DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Just going to launch it in his general direction and hope for the best. I mean, but wouldn't you do the same thing? Like, yes. Uh, you would do the exact same thing. So you've been watching DeAndre Hopkins forever, you know? Be like, uh, hi, DeAndre. I'm just <laughs> keep throwing it to you, dude. I'm just Every time. Like, I don't care what down and distance it is, you are getting the ball, my friend. And he's going to tell that story forever. Yes. Like, I threw three touchdown passes to DeAndre freaking Hopkins, who's in the Hall of Fame yeah. in my NFL debut. No matter what happens, they can't take that away from you. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins will be telling his kids about Will Levis. Hey, you never Will know. leave us. I, I hope I still not. like leave us. I think you should do leave us. No, well, it's not too late. You could get him traded to San Francisco and he can play in Levi's Stadium. That's a really good idea. There you go. How's that? They need a quarterback, too. How, yeah, how's that sponsorship not happened yet? I know. Uh, Falcons, Titans, though. Let's start with the Falcons. Are the Falcons the most uninspiring team for IDP? Is there anyone on this team you're excited to start? Landman, baby. Oh, God. Nate Oceanman? Yes, sir. No, there's no one on this team I'm excited to start. The safeties are fine. Richie safeties. Grant, yeah, 13.75 points. Jesse Bates. eight eight points per game average the last five games. We know about Jesse Bates' ceiling. I was also a little surprised at how solid Clayus Campbell's been. You know, if you're mm-hmm. in those leagues where you start four defensive linemen, like, he's fine. I think uh, Kyle a lot of and Jake were talking about him getting his 100th sack. Yes. Here, I think, last week, maybe, yeah. two weeks ago. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think I, he's thirty-seven years old. I think. Yeah, I don't know how impressive that is. I mean, he's been in the league for about thirty years now. So, 
But still, 30 years or 300 years to get 100 sacks. Congratulations, Calais. Uh, I just don't want to be on the bad side of a man who's six foot seven. Yeah. He's got one of those like voices that sounds exactly like his eyes. Yes, you know? he does. That is what I expect someone six foot seven who's played in the NFL for 30 years to sound like. Yeah. So, yeah, Arnold Ebicchetti was number two, Bud Dupree number three. I mean, yeah, this is just it's it's not that these guys are bad options. You're just like, eh, okay, yeah. I guess. Ebicchetti's was a uh, yeah, like a blown play type sack. Uh, Bud Dupree could have seen. We should have seen that coming. Maybe the the revenge game against Tennessee. There you go. Uh, I don't need man revenge game contract years. The storylines have been juicy this season. Yeah, but Bud Dupree. I mean, he's getting like sixty to seventy percent of snaps. I mean that he's yep. they trust him there. You know, so you can do worse. Him and Clay's Campbell. I know it sounds insane. But hey, bye weeks are bye coming weeks up. are coming up. Gotta have. We're gonna have a lot of hold your nose and stardom type moments. Yeah, sixty two percent of snaps for Bud Dupree this week. So there you go. Titans though, it looks oh, like Grady Jarrett got hurt in this one. Yes, too. they did trade uh, for a defensive tackle. I saw to replace Grady Jarrett, but he okay. is out for the season. So, oh, for the season? Yes, he is. Oh man. Yep. Uh, I'll double check that. But titans uh side of things it looks like harold landry is starting to get healthy Mm -hmm. and jeffrey simmons rewards managers who stuck it out his first game over nine points since week two he went for 32.9 points in week eight just been averaging 6.86 so i understand if he went for 30 on your bench but this is why you continue to start guys like jeffrey simmons because he can go for six tackles two tfls two sacks 14 sack yards a forced fumble and a qb hit on 79% of snaps. Harold Landry was really good this game as well. 27.35 points, five tackles, two TFLs, two sacks, and two QB hits. 19.45 points last week. Harold Landry is heating up. Danico Autry also continues to do the damn thing. 22.5 points in week eight. 11.59 points per game. Average the last five games. He had four tackles, a TFL, a sack, two PDs, and one QB hit on 74% of snaps. So I like all of these defensive linemen in Tennessee, Addy. Yeah, I think so too. We'd like to see Arden Key kind of start getting it going. But, uh, yeah, he's he's someone that you can't really trust at this point. But, yeah, great to see Harold Landry. I mean, up to this point, he'd been kind of disappointing, you know. Um, he's now averaging 10.2 points per game with this 27-point uh, game on the books. But, um Pressure rate also has not been very good this year, just 6%, but he is working his way back from an ACL injury. I think that this was kind of expected, should have been expected, that it's going to take him a little bit of time to get the rest off. And Yeah, eight games in now or seven games in for them, and uh, yeah, I think we can expect a nice second half from Landry. Yeah, I hope so. I did look. It is a torn ACL for Grady Jarrett out for the season. Oh, man. So that sucks. Vikings Packers, though, speaking of things that suck, you hate to see Kirk Cousins popped Achilles done for the season. Um, yeah, I mean, just bummed for Kirk the person. Um, you know, really ca- really came to like Kirk a lot more than I thought I was going to going into that Netflix QB show. So uh, hoping for a speedy recovery for Kirk Cousins. You want that team to kind of uh, start selling some assets and look to the future or just hold things down and... That's it. They're in a they're in a weird spot. they're in a very weird spot. Yeah, I mean, you know, what can you do? Can you do you want to bring Kirk back? You know, off of an Achilles off injury, an Achilles in his mid thirties. I don't know that that's the best move for him. I mean, but they have four wins now. I know. 
So, I mean, it's not like they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be in the top five. They'll still probably be able to scrape together some wins. Do um, you think they go out and trade for a QB? I saw that. I saw there were some rumors about maybe them trading for Jameis Winston. Mm, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, if you want a guy to just chuck it up to Jordan Addison and Jefferson when he comes back, I mean, yeah, let's ride, baby. Let's have some fun. They do have Nick Mullins, who is interesting. He, can, fine. he can sling it. Yeah. You know? He's not a guy I want to see start like nine, ten games the rest of the season. But Remember when he cried? Uh, <laughs> it was like after his first like game. He Do cried. I remember when he cried? It was it was Aaron Aaron Andrews interviewing him and he cried. To be fair, I would cry too <laughs> if I was playing in the NFL and Aaron Andrews was interviewing me. Yeah, maybe this is a dream come true. Just a bad, just a bad look for him to start off the career. So. Men don't cry, guys. Okay, that's right. Suck those tears back up in there. Take it with you to the grave, Take, y'all. Let that heart fail at forty-two from holding in those emotions. Let's talk about Vikings Packers though before I get you more wound up. On the Vikings side of things, with a really favorable schedule upcoming, is it time to accept that it might be Wanham season? No, no. Wicked, wicked. If you want to accept that it's Wicked Wicked DJ Wanham season, you can. I'm not going to get on that boat with you. But he has been pretty good here recently. Yeah, and we like him in best balls. <laughs> I was going to say, I just I just can't with this guy. I just can't. I mean, matchup-based, sure. He, he played like over 90% of the snaps. 93% of snaps. He's averaging 14.93 points per game the last five games. So I don't really see that changing. I mean, I think that they'll let him get, you know, at least 80 I mean, probably, especially if Daniil Hunter gets dealt, which Davenport. I don't think is going to happen, but Davenport's out. Yeah, Davenport's Shocker. out for, uh, who knows, maybe the whole season. Hopefully the whole season. I mean, Pat, probably. Pat Jones has been actually getting an, an opportunity. He's, like, getting, like, over 50% of the snaps, but he's just not doing anything with them. Uh, he's playing 51% of the snaps this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Wanham and Hunter both going to be fine options for you. Wanham and Hunter. It's crazy. Sounds like two redneck kids. <laughs> Get over here, Wanham. Go find your brother, Hunter. Uh, Josh Metellus, 99% of snaps, uh, 22.8 points, eight tackles, a pick, a PD, uh, 13.1 points per game, average the last five games. Yeah, Metellus has, has been really good, and he could have had an even bigger week. He missed a pick, and then he missed a uh, a sack. He couldn't wrap up on the sack, but, yeah, really good game. All three of those guys are just I know. fine starts. These, like They're all somehow like – Safety two options. Cam Bynum Cam was Bynum safety the safety one or two right I'll, now. I'll double check it, but yeah, I think he's safety one. Twenty point nine five points. He had seven tackles, half a sack, two PDs, and a QB hit on a hundred percent of snaps. Seventeen point three points per game. Average the last five games. Let's look at DBs. Uh, yes, he is DB one on the season right now, ahead of Darius Williams for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Deron Bland. And Dax Hill and Devon with him spoon. Um, so there you go, folks. That Nine is and a half tackles per game for Cam Bynum. That is why you do not draft DB early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There it is. God, I mean, that right there. Do you want me to read it again? It's Cam Bynum, Darius Williams, Deron Bland, Dax Hill, and Devon Witherspoon. I, I have to say Witherspoon at some point just so people don't mm-hmm. look up with him spoon. 
Uh, on the Packers side, though, Addy, Devondre Campbell returns straight from injury back into our hearts. God, it is good to have you back. Devondre Campbell, my best ball teams, thank you. Preston Smith quietly has had a sack in three straight games, wow, though. Wow, he had a monster one this week. Yes, 34.65 points, five tackles, a TFL, two sacks, a force fumble, a PD, four QB hits, 93% of snaps. Good to have Keyshawn Nixon back in the mix as well, 20.55 points. Remember, uh, big three scoring is kick and punt return scoring uh, setup. So 68, re- uh, 68 return yards, five tackles, two PDs, 61% of snaps. And then Devondre Campbell, 17.5 points in week eight, 93% of snaps, 14 tackles, and a QB hit. I am so excited to have Devondre Campbell back in our lives. Yeah. Sad, though. Pour one out for Isaiah McDuffie. What a what a shame to lose <laughs> Isaiah McDuffie. You sh- couldn't have seen that coming when Devondre Campbell got back healthy. Hate to see it. Yeah, that guy. Back to the shelf with you, Isaiah McDuffie. Darnell Savage is on is on IR now, um, and his replacement. Let's see, Jonathan Owens. There you go. Oh, from th- Houston last year. That is actually Simone Biles' husband. Yeah, that's the, right. Uh, Probably the most famous gymnast of our lifetime. That's right. Uh, I saw her in this. I was like, "What is Simone Biles doing?" Oh, she was at the game. Yeah, she had a like a spray painted shirt that said, "I think Owen on it." Oh, and, like wow. had like pictures of him and stuff. I was like, "Again, what is Simone Biles doing here?" I had to look up that that was her husband. Oh, she's trying to overtake Taylor Swift. I know. She's like, "Let me get in on some of this Taylor Swift action. Pump up the Olympics next year in Paris." Uh, let's talk Rams Cowboys though. Uh, this game was a just brutal beatdown of Los Angeles by Dallas. Um, C.D. Lamb, um, I think, was he wide receiver one this week? I he mean, he was yeah, insane. That dude was nuts. Him and oh my god, the A.J. Brown catch with the one-handed. He's oh my, he's having he's having the wide receiver one on the season type of performance this year so far, which is really fun. Um, Packers side of the or, or the Rams side though. Ernest hits his third game in a row under 12 points per game. Does it change your opinion on him even slightly? I think Ernest is just banged up right now. Mm-hmm. If you've got better options, it's okay to sit Ernest down because he's just not healthy right now. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, nothing to be worried about. You saw the first five games. Yeah, how he's good just hurt. It was. Yep. That's why the snaps have been dipping a little bit. Aaron Donald, though, 26.2 points, four tackles, two TFLs, two sacks, two QB hits. 66% of snaps. He's been averaging 15.13 points per game the last five games. Probably not going to be D-tackle one because Matabukake has been lights out so far this season. AD's coming, though, man. But AD is – he's surging. He's been he's been great uh, once again. Um, uh, the only thing is, what is it? what does that team look like now, you know? Yeah, with the UCL sprain on Stafford's thumb. Although, just being a sprain, maybe it's not too he big. He could come thumb. back. I thought it was weird that he hurt the thumb, which the injury just looked. It looked so bad. What, he's had a thumb injury before, I feel like. Like, what is up with this man's thumb slamming into people's helmets? He's just reckless, dude. I know. Like, like there was no reason. Like, the, to throw the ball the way he did. Yeah, it was like coming him. in like a karate chop almost and just <laughs> whammed it into some guy's helmet. It's like, Matt. Chill out, come bro. Come on, Matt. Oh, your wife's feuding with somebody named Blueface. Like, is this part of the Blue oh, Man this, group? That's a real. That's a. Thing? That's a real thing. Yeah, she was like, "Stop bringing strippers to the oh. stadium." And he was like, "Your daughter should be fine being around strippers." And I was like, "That's kind of a fair point. These are oh, wow. working women trying to earn a living." And uh, mm-hmm. Kelly Stafford, maybe just sit down and be humble. 
Wow, I didn't see that. I missed that. Yeah, they were beefing. Wow, Blueface is a big deal too these days, I think. Sure. <laughs> I, I did overlook. Aaron Donald is actually D-tackle too. I just completely skipped right over him. He is two points behind Matabukake. And looks like about six points ahead of the next guy, Ed Oliver. Mm. So maybe maybe I'll have two flag plants because I think the Devondre Campbell top 12 is out the door with yeah. the number of games he's missed. But we could still get two out of three, which would be our best finish ever. Should have done the PPG. Should have done the PPG. Yep. The injury history. I just flew too close to the sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Aaron Donald was number one for the Rams. Jordan Fuller, number two, 18.8 points, 100% of snaps. Quentin Lake was number three. He had 13 points on 49% of snaps. And then, yeah, Ernest Jones, he has just had 8.6 points per game average. Week six through eight, including 11.5 in week eight, 98% of snaps. So, at least fine. he got the snaps. Yeah. He'll be fine. I'm not too worried about Ernest Jones. He'll put eight up 30 tackles. next week. Yeah, and... in the TFL. Deron Bland, though, Cowboys. Uh, best ball week winner with his third, not just INT, folks, third pick six of the season. Deron Bland, 31.25 points in week eight, 14.03 points per game. Average the last five games. Seven tackles, a pick, a defensive touchdown, two PDs, 94% of snaps. Micah Parsons, always surprised to see him up here on the podium. 24.4 points in week eight, 17.45 points per game. Average the last five games. He had two tackles, two TFLs, a sack, a PD, and three QB hits. And then Dorrance Armstrong, 12.7 points in week eight on 50% of snaps. He had two tackles, a TFL, a sack, and a QB hit. Anything you want to touch on from the Cowboys, Addy? I mean, we'll see what happens with those linebackers if Rashawn Evans gets more play, um, you know, going forward. But as of right now, it looks like it's Damone Clark and then Marquise Bell. Marquise Bell, like we all expected. Mm -hmm. uh, Marquise see. Bell gets uh, defensive back designation on a lot of sites. He's a safety on RSO. I know he gets the DB tag on uh, Sleeper. What's going on here? So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like, again, like if, if Rashawn Evans gets, you know, if they start letting him get any run, I mean, he could be pretty big for us. But if not, Marquis Bell, fine option. Yes, LVE is out for... I think he's... I thought he was headed to IR. I haven't seen officially if he's been placed on IR yet. I think he did. Yeah, because he, he had the neck injury. Yeah, Damone Clark was 81% of snaps. Marquis Bell was 73%, and Rashawn Evans was 11% this week. Shout out Macri for that roundup. Browns, Seahawks, those gorgeous uniforms... Uh, got the Seahawks the 24-20 victory over Cleveland. Let's start with the Browns, though. Just a couple weeks ago, this is the headline. After we thought he'd secured the job, hell, I put him in the title of the episode. JOK is back to a sub-60% snap share. <sighs> Let's talk about the highlights from this game. Miles Garrett, once again, leading scorer for the Browns, 17.1 points, two tackles, a TFL, a sack, a forced fumble, and a QB hit, 91% of snaps. A lot of green in those PFF grades. He has been averaging 23.76 points per game, average the last five games. Martin Emerson was number two, 17 points, six tackles, an INT, and a PD on 84% of snaps. Maurice Hurst was three, 12 points on 45% of snaps, and then JOK. 7.5 points in week eight. He has a 13.65 points per game average the last five games. Just four tackles and a TFL on 59% of snaps. Um, I'm interested in the defensive line. And that's about it. Yeah, Grand Delpit. 
Yeah. We'll take him. Fine but option. Yeah, you can't trust any of these linebackers nope. at all. Uh, Zedaria Smith got banged up in this one, so we'll have to monitor that. Could mean for a bigger role for uh, Ogbania Okorongwa. Yeah, Ogbania Okorongwa. Him. Double O. Double O seven, baby. He should be number seven because that'd be a pretty sick nickname. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, the Browns, I think we can move on. You know you want Miles Garrett. Keep an eye on Okorongwo if Zedaria Smith is out for an extended period of time. And just stay away from these damn linebackers. They're so annoying. I'm sick of them. I'm over it. Let's move to the Seahawks. Addy, headline here, Boye Mafe has sacks in five straight games and is well and truly breaking out. 27.7 points in week eight, 13.12 points per game average the last five games. He had eight tackles, a TFL, a sack, a fumble recovery, four QB hits, 74% of snaps. It seems like Boye Mafe is going to be the big winner from the Uchina Nuosu injury and season-ending injury for Uchina. Yes. What did you say those snaps were last week? I don't have it for last week, but he played 74% of snaps this week. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's he's up there now. I mean, 74, 74%, that's that's really, really that's nice. That's really solid. 13.3% pressure rate this year. That leads his team. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you're, just, you're, you're, seeing him, you're seeing him produce with his opportunity. So, I mean, love what they're doing. Love that defense. I mean, they just added Leonard Williams to it as well. So, I mean, that's nice. That was my Super Bowl pick. And, and, th- and also they put Frank Clark on that team too they now. They did. They signed him. Just I thought he was going to Kansas City, came to Seattle. A lot of weird personalities in that locker room. Yeah, that locker room is a just a melting pot of uh, potential explosive weirdness. Yeah, but if anyone can handle it, it's it's Pete Carroll. So it's I mean, Gino Smith. <laughs> yeah, Gino Smith. Too. As we know, very good with locker room relations. But Pete Carroll has so much history with that stuff too. I mean, like think about the Michael Bennett's, Frank Clark previously, the Legion of Boom teams. I mean, yes. all those personalities. Yes. Yeah. Pete Carroll's the best. Marshawn Lynch. I think I would put Russell Wilson's a weird ass. Yeah, I would put Tomlin up there probably because he kept Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell from killing each other or someone else. Yeah. On the and during the time when he had those three guys on the team, has Tomlin won a Super Bowl? He has one. I think he's won. He was the San Antonio Holmes. Yes, because they had the Steelers won two, and it was Cower won one, and then Tomlin won one. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah, so I, I love both those coaches. I think they are. That is an underrated aspect of coaching, being able to manage personalities and manage people, uh, because a lot of these guys come in with massive egos or just total weirdos. Yeah. So Pete Carroll, I think he may be the best in the game at, at managing a locker room. He's great. But, I mean, this Seattle defensive line is just loaded now. I don't know how they're going to do these rotations. I mean, Jerron Reed, Jermont Jones. Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams now. And then coming off the edge, you've got Mafe, Daryl Taylor, right. Frank Clark. Derek Hall. Derek Hall. I mean, uh, this, Mario Edwards gets some snaps. Yeah, this team is filthy. Did you mention Frank Clark again? Yeah, Frank Clark. And then behind him, you've got Jordan Brooks. Who's who's really, really good. 95% of snaps, 23.4 points this week. He's averaging 16.53 the last five games. He had 10 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and two QB hits. I mean, tip of the cap. I was not more wrong on someone than Jordan Brooks this season, but the man defied modern medicine and has just been an absolute menace. So tip of the cap to... Jordan Brooks, and then Reek Wollen, 19.5 points, 97% of snaps. Just an embarrassment because you have Reek Wollen opposite with him, Spoon, mm-hmm. who's been awesome as well. 
I mean, if Geno can keep the train on the tracks with the offense. The safety room's really good, too. Yeah, I mean, you got Jamal Adams, Quan okay. Diggs, Julian Love. I joked at some point earlier this season about Jamal Adams coming back and taking a helmet, a football to the helmet. I didn't think we'd get it this quickly into his return. Did, did it happen? You, did you see my man? Not He didn't. Last time we had the famous shot of him, the interception coming in, and him taking it to the faceplate because yes. he couldn't get his hands up fast enough. This time he jumped like a soccer player and headbutted the football. Oh, and then but didn't they that was, pick it off? They picked it off. So it was like a good move, actually. It was a good move. It was just the most Jamal Adams thing ever to be like, instead of intercepting this, let me headbutt it. It reminds me of... So uh, he could have intercepted himself too, maybe? I, maybe his hands were... In, maybe the guy had his hands held down as he was jumping up. Huh. Um, it reminded me of our friend Adam Billingsley when we would play rec basketball. Adam would never try to rebound the ball. He would just punch it. <laughs> he would punch the ball into the air. So that was kind of Jamal Adams' approach. He's like, yeah. I don't really want to pick this. I'm just going to headbutt it. I think Julian Love was the one who got the pick off of that. So shout out Jamal Adams just using his head Yeah, in unexpected ways. Let's move to Chiefs Broncos, though. Chiefs side of things. This was a very surprising outcome. No T Swift, no magic for the Chiefs. They mm-hmm. fall 24 9 to the Broncos. Is this on her? I think we have to say that it is. Uh, but Chiefs, with the Willie Gay injury, Leo Chanel will leap up the LB ranks like it's a double decker bus. Very nice, Arn. Uh, and let's we'll talk about the linebacker situation here in just a second. But got to give some love to George Karloftis. Yeah. 33.7 points in week eight. Seven tackles, a TFL, two and a half sacks, one forced fumble, three QB hits, 73% of snaps. Furious George has been very solid this year. Um, and I think going forward, he will continue to be a really solid edge two option for you. Uh, Drew Tranquil delivered in spades, 99% of snaps, 25.75 points, 11 tackles, a TFL, a sack, a forced fumble, a QB hit. I hope that if he was out there on waivers, you blew your priority to go get this guy. If you had him earlier in the season, I hope you didn't drop him uh, because we knew he was the most valuable linebacker handcuff in all of football this year. Um, But now with Willie Gay going out, it looks like it's going to be the Leo Chennault and Drew Tranquil show 24.4 points for Leo Chanel, 69% of snaps, 10 tackles, two TFLs, a sack, one QB hit. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. As much as we hated how muddy this room was, it clarified in a big way after this week. Yes, and both of these guys, Leo Chanel and Drew Tranquil, both of them produce in a way that we love for IDP, right? They both are guys that soak up tackles, and both of them can get in the backfield and get, you know, TFLs, the sacks, all that stuff. I mean, we see them have 20-point games on the rank, yep. right? So, uh, yeah, this is this is good stuff. Also want to give some love to just some of the other guys there on that Kansas City line, but Mike Dana has been pretty good this yes, year. Yes, he has. He's averaging 12.6 points per game, 8.8% pressure rate, so that's nothing special. But, I mean, playing 77% of the snaps right now. So, I mean, you can do worse if the matchup's right. I think you can plug him in. Also, Charles Aminahue has come back. Um, he has played. He had a sack, too. Yeah. Uh, in the last, he's got one and a half on the season, so he got a half a sack one of these weeks. Yeah. But 19.1 in week seven and then 10.1 this past week. 
Um, his pressure rate also has been good to start, 13.2%. But, yeah, and, uh, he's getting 53% of the snaps. So someone else that I think you could maybe plug in. Um, FAU has, has been a disappointment. Yeah. His snaps not, continue to decline. Not much from FAU his rookie year. Yeah. But, yeah, Carl Loftus has been really, really good. 16.2% pressure rate. That's 17th best among the top 100 IDP scores. So, yeah, I mean – to get the amount of run he did as a rookie on a Super Bowl winning team, I mean, it just always made sense to me that we should be a little more in on this guy than it felt like the consensus was. So if you've got Furious George, I feel like you're pretty happy because you've got a very stable edge to option. But if you stash this guy on your bench from the Denver Broncos, I think you could be looking at... Um, Potential, uh, potential edge two, maybe even an edge one option for you moving forward. Um, <clears throat> as this Broncos edge rushing rotation continues to sort itself out, Baron Browning continues to be the one to impress 33.1 points in week eight. Four tackles, two TFLs, two sacks, one forced fumble, three QB hits on 59% of snaps. Addy, let's talk about Baron Browning. Have you liked what you've seen so far from Mr. Browning in his return? Yes, definitely. 21.3% pressure rate. These first two games, those are amazing numbers. Uh, we saw him do this a lot last year, too, I think. we Not a lot, but when he got his opportunity. We saw flashes. I think we saw, like, multiple 30-point games last year. So, um, and actually, I, w- I was I was thinking. Remember when we had the Bradley Chud, uh, Bradley Chud, the Bradley Chubb trade last year? Mm-hmm. We did a little video about it. Yeah, we did talking about why they did that. Well, because they had guys like Baron Browning yep. and Nick Benito, and well, what do you look? Uh, look at what's going on now. Um, Benito and Browning are kind of the guys that are leading this defensive line. Also, uh, Zach Allen has been really, really good. Yes, we, he has. Got to give him some love. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think both these guys are good starts for you, and uh, Browning and Benito, like you said, kind of edge two guys. But mm-hmm. both of them have shown that they have really high ceilings too. Yeah, Benito, I think had nine pressures this last week, so he's continuing to get it done from that standpoint. Fifteen point three percent pressure rate for Benito on the year. Jonathan Cooper's also been solid. Yep. Sprinkle him in as well. Eleven point six percent for for Jonathan Cooper. I mean, they got the bums out of there um, in Randy Gregory and Frank mm-hmm. Clark and. Got the young guys going. Yeah, probably the guys that were kind of bad attitudes, you know. Previously, you know, at one point we're good. Yep, not anymore. Yeah. So, and you look at this is a defense that we were dogging on uh, just a few weeks ago, and now you just held one of the hottest teams in football to um, nine points. That's a very yeah. impressive uh, out- outcome for the Denver Broncos. Mahomes was sick, right? He had the flu or whatever. Yeah. But that that Kansas City team is not not um, they're not there yet. Maybe they'll get there, but um, it'll just be Travis Kelsey and oh, there's Jarek McKinnon and oh, Rasheed Rice. Just ha- it's like they they just they have one two mega superstars and then the rest is just like D list cast members. Yeah, but just because of the sheer star power of their two main guys and they have a great director behind the scenes, this movie is gonna be watchable. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, you got a, um, it doesn't make sense. You think that, um, they're going to be in the Super Bowl again this year? I don't think so. Getting back to the Super Bowl is very hard. 
Uh, I think there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. The Bills, you know, had a nice victory on Thursday night football. I think they're in the mix. Bengals heating up a little bit. Um, You've got the Ravens and Dolphins looking really good as well. So uh, they're in the mix, absolutely. But the AFC has got some serious contenders this year. I mean, I've said it before. The Ravens would be a lot of fun. I think the Dolphins in the Super Bowl would be a blast. If you got them against the Eagles or the oh, yeah. 49ers, you know, that would be a really fun game. Just a different kind of styles kind of game. 49ers. Interesting now. I know. A little bit of a slump. A mm-hmm. little bit of a slump. Well, Brock Purdy not looking so hot and looking so purdy. <laughs> not looking so purdy. Damn, no I had more. that right there. You did. You were sitting right there and you blew it. Uh, tell me, who is this Jaquan McMillan character, though, from the uh, Denver Broncos? Do we have any idea of this? He played 95% of snaps, 23.5 points in Week 8, six tackles, two TFLs, a pick, a PD, and five return yards. I'm guessing this is probably like Kareem Jackson replacement, oh, maybe? Oh, there you go. Maybe. I'm guessing. That He's suspension suspended. got knocked down to two games on appeal. I saw that. So, uh, Justin Simmons, though, 19.5 points in week eight, two tackles, a pick, a fumble recovery, a PD on 100% of snaps. Let's move to Bengals 49ers. We just talked about these two teams, uh, starting with the Bengals, who got the 31 17 win over the Niners. Mom's meatloaf is back on the menu, baby, and it's delicious as ever. You talked about it earlier 28.35 points for Logan Wilson. 11 tackles, a pick, two PDs on 100% of snaps, averaging 16.3 points. Uh, the last five games, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson round out the podium. 19.1 points for Hubbard, six tackles, a TFL, a sack, and two QB hits. And then Trey Hendrickson, 17.45 points, a tackle, a sack, a forced fumble, and three QB hits. 66% of snaps for Hendrickson, 83% for Hubbard. The Bengals, those are the three guys I would expect to see. One, two, three, and there they were, Eddie. Yeah, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, both red hot right now. Over the last four games, Hendrickson is averaging 24.5. Hubbard is averaging 17.3. Um, pressure rate for Hendrickson has been amazing, 18.5%. Pressure rate for Hendrickson, that's the best of his career. Hubbard's at 11.2%. Hubbard's still doing his thing with the tackles, 5.3 tackles per game. That's among tops um, at edge. Uh, yeah, just a, a really good duo right here. B.J. Hill's very solid this year for defensive tackle required leagues. Dax Hill's great for DB. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 10.1 points per game for B.J. Hill. Miles Murphy, we're still not really seeing much of him yet. 7.7% pressure rate. Um, but he's only gotten in on 75 total snaps this year. So they don't really need him. So um, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe he gets some run towards the end of the year, but I don't know. I mean, they haven't played him yet. Trey Hendrickson actually is playing a lot more snaps than he used to. Um, that was a guy that was usually like in the 50 to 60 range. He's at 68% this year. So um, good stuff. Good stuff for the Bengals. I was looking to see Logan Wilson LB thirteen on the season yeah, right now. He's been really good. So just outside the uh, just outside the top twelve, uh, sandwiched in between C.J. Mosley and Levante David. Wow! So great season for Logan Wilson, and he's had like a like a lot of big plays, like interceptions and stuff too. But that's what he's always done. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's an INT those, in this game. It's one of those things. Is like you think that uh, you can just kind of 
chalk it up to, oh, he got lucky, it's fluky. But Logan Wilson, look at his career stats. I mean, the guy has, I bet, over 10 career interceptions at this point. He's a good NFL linebacker. Yep. These guys tend to make plays. You look at who is, uh, you know, who's the de- textbook definition of good NFL linebacker. It's Fred Warner. Uh, guess who's sitting at LB3 on the season right now? It's Fred Warner, baby. Mm. So, speaking of the 49ers, if you took Bosa with a top six pick, how you feeling? Edge 19 currently, uh, 8.65 points in week eight. He has been averaging 15.64 the last five games. He had two tackles, half a sack, and two QB hits on 100% of snaps. Um, how do you feel about Nick Bosa, Addy? I feel fine. I mean, it's not, you know, what we want, but it's still pretty good. I mean, 12.7 points per game, I mean, that's fine. It'll go up. He's at 15.8% on the pressure rate. Um, that's how these guys go, especially like players like Nick Bosa. Like he's gonna he's gonna pop off for like three or four in a game. That's do coming. You, do you have the point log? Yes. For Nick Bosa, I would be curious how many single digit outputs does he have this year? Just two. Just two. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel better. Four. Uh, four points in week one, 11 in week two, 16 in week three, 12.25 in week four, 17.8 week five, 20.8 week six, 11.25 in week seven, and then this past week, 8.6. So that's what's weird, I think, is that I was like, is he coasting off of a couple big performances? No, he's just kind of scoring consistently between like 12 and 20 points. Yeah. Yeah, so, he's just – he's. He's playing fine. He's just not getting home on the sacks. So, I mean, those will come. Yeah. I think both of y'all. Yeah, I'm not you're, – you're not sitting this guy down. It's like you just kind of have to grin and bear it um, because this, the, the moment you set him down, he will go for five sacks on your bench. That's just how these things go. Yeah. Leading scores for the 49ers, Eric Armstead, 25.4 points. Isaiah Oliver, 24 points. And then Fred Warner, what else needs to be said? 18.5 points in week eight, 10 tackles, a TFL, a forced fumble, and a QB hit. Fred Warner's been so good this year, though, man. Yeah, LB4, y'all. This is, we always were like, oh, yeah, Fred's like a great LB2 option. 100% snaps. 100%. Okay, so uh, no need to panic. Uh, Arm, we're going to have to have a conversation, though. Mm -hmm. You know what you've done. Uh Let's move to the next game, though. Ravens, Cardinals. Ravens get the 31-24 victory over the Cards, who just benched Joshua Dobbs. Sorry, Dobbs. Um, and look who was at the top. I thought he was way better than uh, I mean than I thought he would be. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to be like you know terrible, like not be able to move the ball. At and he's all. been fine. Yeah. It was it was funny. Gannon said, "Oh yeah, he'll be the starter next week. Kyler's probably still a week away." Gannon watched the film and then said, oh, yeah, it's Clayton Toon or it's Kyler Murray. Dobbs is totally out of the picture. <laughs> so, sorry. Was Toon not available until this week? Was he hurt or something? No, or? I think he's just been the backup. Okay. Have we seen Toon at all this this year? I think so. Can't Maybe remember. one game. Um, who cares, though? That, team is, that team's now projected to be the number one overall pick. So that would be very interesting with Kyler Murray coming back. Uh, where does Justin Matabike sit in the Dynasty DT ranks? He is currently D-tackle one on the season. Another great week, 18.25 points, 16.37 points per game. Average the last five games. He had three tackles, a TFL, a sack, three QB hits, 58% of snaps. Where do you have him, Addy? Is he? Uh... I have him as DT fifteen at the moment. Okay, that feels that feels pretty good. D tackle, we've talked about, it, is in a really good spot. 
from a dynasty perspective. A lot of young studs at D-tackle. I've got him sandwiched between Kalijah Cansey and Derek Brown. Okay. I think maybe he deserves to be raising up the ranks a little bit then. Probably so. Because I mean, so he already has been though. I mean, he's been he's definitely been rising more than any other defensive tackle. And we will remind you folks, do you remember who called out Justin Matabike? Uh, I want to say two or three years ago at this point on this very pod mm-hmm. on the IDP breakouts episode. It was Nate Tice. So just a little bit delayed, That's but right. the Matabike call has finally cashed in for Nate Tice. We need to have him back on the show and congratulate him on this amazing call. Yeah, we, we really should. That we was really a, that was a nice call. Uh, but I mean, defensive tackle is good. That's what I'm saying. I mean, this is not, it's not a knock to be top 15. Yeah. It's, I mean, Derek Brown, Matabuke, Kalijah Kansi, uh, Javon Hargrave. Yep. Um, DeForest Buckner, mm-hmm. Deron Payne. He can probably bump him down a little bit, honestly. Uh, Jonathan Allen, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Ed Oliver. So, I mean, you see, there's, there's, yep. there's some good ones. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons, Jalen Carter, Quinn Williams. That's it. So, for him to be top 15, I think, is pretty appropriate. That's impressive. But what a season he's having. He's been great. Yeah. Uh, we should mention the top scores from this game. Michael Pierce, the other defensive tackle, 25.95 points. Um, really been a nothing burger for you, though, the last five weeks. Just 2.5 points per game, 60% of snaps. Kyle Hamilton was number two, 19 points in week eight, 17.47 points per game. Average the last five games, 10 tackles, a TFL, and a PD on 100% of snaps. He is safety three on the season right now. Brandon Stevens, 18.65 points, uh, 12.84 points per game, average the last five games, seven tackles, a pick, a PD on 100% of snaps. Geno Stone with another interception. I know, he's leading, I think, the league in interceptions right now. Yeah, I'm sure he is. He gets one almost every single game. Geno Stone, man. Not got them stone hands, that's for sure. That's right. I when love is, that, Josh. Thank you. When is Marcus Williams due back, though? I don't know. I was thinking of that today, too. He's he's a, He gets banged up quite a bit. He's they a, gave him a lot of money. He's a hurt boy. Remember that contract he got? It was a big old contract. Mm-hmm. Now they're like, but we got Geno Stone coming in and literally catching a, you know, picking off a pass every single game. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's all fine. I like this Ravens team, though. I think they're going to make they're some really noise. good. Yep. So, Cardinals. The Cardinals feel a bit like the Falcons' light. There are a few guys you can start, but no one that really excites you. Kaiser White might slightly raise your bl- your bl- uh, blood pressure. That's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been great this season. But you look at these top scorers, and it's like Dante Stills, Antonio Hamilton, Jalen Thompson. Um, yeah. I not mean, much happening there. Buda Baker is going to be fine. He's back in the mix now. Uh, this was his first game back, I believe. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so he'll he'll be fine going forward. And then yeah, Jalen Thompson's gonna be fine. Um, Zayvon Collins has been okay from a PFF standpoint. I mean, grade wise, uh, I don't think he's really tearing it up as far as like pressure rate and stuff. I think he had a zero percent win rate in true pass sets earlier this season. I think uh, Jake and Kyle were saying got up to nine percent. So they you know nine's better than zero. That stat is very hot right now. Everyone's loving that stat. That stat is having a moment. Let that stat have its moment. Eddie. It really Don't try is. To it the really is. That stat. I'm starting to get a little agitated with it. I'm just kidding. It's Addy's the stat <laughs> hipster. He wants all the stats to himself. Right. If you start right. talking about it too much, he's going to get upset. I don't like it. 9.5% for uh, for Zayvon Collins. That's his pressure rate this year. Uh, 19.8% for our boy Victor D, Josh. Hey, Victor D. Don't. Mm. 
I mean, he has mm. seen his snaps increase a little bit. You know, they did release, um, what's his face? MyJ Sanders. MyJ Sanders. Cam Thomas is seeing his snaps go down a little bit. Oh, BJ Ojolari got his first sack of the season. No, is he back on the radar? He he might be. 11.9% pressure rate. So, I mean, that's he's only played 130 snaps this season. But uh, the opportunity should be there for him. So You got I mean, Victor D and BJ coming off the edge. That's right. Wow. This uh, dirty little team. That gets me really hot in the pants. Sure. That would not be a boring IDP squad if you've got those two guys rushing the passer. That is hot, man. Dang. Can we uh, pause? Absolutely. We'll be right back after this uh, brief interlude. Uh, No, we're going to finish up the recap here. we got two games left. Bears, Chargers, the Sunday night game. Uh, Didn't watch a second of this game because why would you? Um, I guess if you're like, oh, there's nothing else on. Um you would watch it, but and you'd watch it if you had maybe some IDP prop bets going. Sure did. Um, Tremaine was, Edmonds, yeah, Tremaine Edmonds survived a season-ending injury. Mm-hmm. He did not uh, do have a really you know awful ACL tear or something bad. Uh, he's not going on IR. Um, TJ Edwards thrives in a special agent Sanborn time though. Addy with uh, Tremaine Edmonds, I think even though he avoided IR, I think he's going to be out for a little bit. So it sounds like we're getting Leo Chanel. Drew Tranquil is back in the mix. Uh, Jack Sanborn. Yeah, this is if Sanborn can give us eighty percent of the snaps. Boy, like, it's uh, that's twenty tackles right there. Wheels up, baby. Blow that waiver priority again. Get. Are you prioritizing? This is a serious question. Are you prioritizing Leo Chanel or Jack Sanborn? It, how long is Willie Gay's injury? Is he on IR or just like a, I haven't seen any kind of IR okay. update for Willie Gay. I guess that kind of depends. We'll have a day to kind of hopefully get a little more clarity. But I mean, if with you know, either one of those injuries are more serious, Willie Gay versus uh, who was the other one? Uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Yes, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, then go with the the guy who has the, who has the longer shelf life potentially. Sure, there you go. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love Jack Sanborn. I mean, he was he was awesome last year. You I do mean, love these lunch pail whites that it, just come in and give you ten to fifteen points and I, log out. You're kind of seeing like I think the it'd be similar production that you're seeing from TJ Edwards, you know, just mm-hmm. a guy that can get like 15 tackles easily. But I mean, you're seeing Jack Sanborn do that now, uh, just on the limited snaps. Yeah. Right? He had eight tackles on 46% of snaps. Yeah. Let me actually look at his tackle rate right now. Yeah. I'll go through the top three while you're pulling it up. TJ Edwards is number one, 27.25 points, 13 tackles, two TFLs, a fumble recovery, two QB hits, 93% of snaps. Justin Jones, number two, Tyreek Stevenson, they brought them up. They brought Tyreek Stevenson up on the preview podcast. Jake and Kyle did, I think, because he was targeted like 15 times in Week Seven. So um, Tyreek Stevenson, 12 tackles, 14 points on 99% of snaps. So in CB required leagues, go pick up Tyreek Stevenson because this guy is getting peppered with targets right now. All right, Eddie, what you got? 17% tackle rate for Jack Sanborn. Sheesh. That is 12th best among linebackers so yeah i mean that's what's going to happen when they put him in there he's just going to eat up some tackles that's right i think um i think i'm probably putting the priority on sanborn because a we've seen it in a larger sample size than leo chanel and it sounds like the tremaine Edmonds injury if we're talking potential season ending ir sounds like it's going to be a little more serious two to three weeks at least okay you would think I would think so. I would, I'm just guessing. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think so, too. I mean, Sam Warren just has 
elite upside. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. I guess Chanel does as well, though. I mean, with it being kind of clear and open there, both of them are great ads. Both You should add both of them if you can. Add both those guys. Yes. Chargers, let's uh, wrap up the Sunday night recap. Uh, Chargers big names lead the way in scoring, probably to the relief of most IDP managers, the top three. We love to see it. Joey Bosa, 17 points on 59% of snaps. Derwin James, 16.35 points on 82% of snaps. And Eric Hendricks, 16 points, 79% of snaps. Status quo in Los Angeles, and thank God for that. Enough of this Kenneth Murray, uh, Alohi Gilman that gave way to whoever the Alohi Gilman replacement was. There it's Marlowe, but Gilman's back. Gilman's back now. There we go. All is right with the world. Yeah. Kenneth Murray, I think, was productive again. He was solid. Um, He's the LB1 still. I mean, I haven't. I have to look at the snaps, but 79% for Kendricks makes me think that Kenneth Murray was still the leading snap yeah, getter. Yeah, I'd say so. But, yeah, it's, it's been nice seeing Eric Kendricks be relevant the last few weeks. Um, I think Staley might have saved his job. I think if you lose to the Bears on Sunday night football, you, your ass may have been getting fired the next day. So we'll see if he survives the season, but this was a nice win, a much-needed win for the Chargers. Was it that nice though? It was against your backup. No chest tat, tiny nips. I mean, tiny nips was getting a lot of shine though. I mean, you had uh, Collinsworth talking about Justin Fields is going to have to watch <laughs> Tyson Bajan's tape, and it's like, are we sure about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. To watch it to what? Like learn what not to do. What do you think of Justin Fields looking like Mr. Cool Guy on the sidelines? <laughs> I didn't watch a minute of this game. You have to tell okay. me what he was doing. He's just wearing sunglasses and looking like he was too cool for school. <laughs> That's a, such an old man thing to say, by the way. I didn't like Why it. Why are you wearing sunglasses indoors? Yeah, I didn't too like cool it. cool for school? I didn't like it one bit. Didn't like it one bit. Well, I did like having um, Joey Bosa back Yeah, in the sack nice. column, 17 points. Uh, Derwin James, five tackles, a pick, a PD. Eric Kendricks, 10 tackles, a PD. Thule has kind of cooled off a little a little bit, but he's still uh, pretty good from a PFF standpoint. Pressure pressure rate and all that stuff is good. Grades are good. Uh, so he's a, he's still a really nice dynasty uh, asset for you, I think. All right, well, let's move to Monday Night Football. And we've got the Lions and Raiders. Let's just pull up their top scorers here on Sleeper and see what we got. Uh, freaking Alex Anzalone, the leading scorer from this game. Really the only guy worth talking about here. He had two sacks and seven tackles and went for 32.25 points. Um, He's been really solid this year, y'all. As much as we love to clown on this guy, he has uh, just three games with single-digit outputs. The rest of the games have been over, it looks like, over 13 points. So Anzalone has had a nice little season. Again, long hair, flowing in the breeze. Uh, He does have that going for him. The next highest score after that was... um, Julian Aquara with 13 points. So we don't need to talk any much, any, any, any more about this game. Um, we can look and see where, um, well, did I just get the Lions? Maybe I just got the Lions. Hold on. No, the Raiders are in there as well. Where is Max Crosby? Max Crosby is not even showing up though. Let's see here, Josh. The, uh, help me out here, Addy. Is the sleeper scoring messed up? Let me get over here for you. Let me save the day for you. Please quick, do. Uh, I try to refresh the page to get the top scores in All there. All right. But. So, week, yeah, so week eight, we got Anselone with 32.3. Aleem McNeil with 29.9. He had four tackles and two sacks. He's actually been pretty solid this year, too. 
Uh, week three, he had a 16-point game, and then week four, he had an 18-point game. So this oh, is okay. this is his fourth sack on the season for Aleem McNeil. Kirby Joseph, another solid game, 18 points this week. He had two tackles and an interception. Tracy Walker, nice to see old Tracy back in our lives. 16.8 yes. uh, points this week. He had six tackles and a sack. Julian Aquara had 13 points. I just had the linebackers pulled up. That's what it was. Look at you. Two tackles and a sack. Rookie. Uh, Derek Barnes still some uh, somehow getting some some run six points this week two tackles Marcus Peters had twenty eight point seven five points he had a pick six did have a pick six five tackles Brian Branch uh, kind of a down game six tackles six points Aiden Hutchinson a down game five point two five points and a tackle on a TFL so uh, Jack Campbell five points four tackles. Um, Max Crosby, 20.5 points, eight tackles, uh, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Uh, God, he's been so good this year. His lowest output is 8.25 points. Nate Hobbs, nice to see Nate Hobbs yes, back. Yes, he was. Six tackles and a sack. This was Nate Hobbs' first game back since week three. Uh, so good to see that. Um, Spillane was solid. Again, we know that he got me the eight tackles that I longed That's for. That's right. The eight tackles that you longed for. 11, ta- uh, 11 points today. 11 points. And then I wanted to see Masterson since he was the Divine Diablo fill-in. Uh, looks like he had four tackles and a forced fumble for 8.5 points. And he left early. Like, oh, okay. I think he left like in the second quarter. Okay. So That was some nice production then if he only had uh, less than a half. Yeah, he caused he caused the form uh, the fumble that uh, Spillane scooped up. Uh, Trevon Morig has actually been pretty good this year. Um, like this has been the first year he's actually been relevant for IDP at all. But I mean, look at the log; it's been it's been surprisingly good. Uh, start with week one, seven points, nine point seven five week two, four and a half week three, twenty three point one week four, twelve point two five in week five. 16.25 in week six, 7.75 in week seven, and 11 points this past week. So I saw where the usage has changed a little bit for him, too. He's playing a lot more slot and box, whereas uh, first part of his career, like the first two or three years, he was deep, just deep. Deep safety, yep. So We've seen a lot changed. of that this year with, uh, I mean, uh, Julian Blackman comes to mind immediately. It's like a yeah. formerly deep safety who's playing primarily box now. Yeah, just yeah, I remember not to pigeonhole these guys into certain roles. Like that stuff can change. Yep, with coaches and, and new teams and all that stuff. So yeah, speaking of changing usage, uh, Jack Campbell played half of his snaps on the defensive line last week against the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Uh, we had a YouTube short about that. That was kind of a curious alignment sort of nugget from last week, and uh, but he played 67% of snaps. The Lions, as a team, just only played 46 snaps. That's very low in terms of defensive snap count. Um, Las Vegas sucks at maintaining drives. That's probably part of it. But Campbell played just 13%, four of his snaps along the defensive line this week and still retained the LB2 role. So I think the Lions have their bye coming up here soon. So I think coming out of the bye. That was Jake Colhagen's kind of um, prediction was that coming out of the bye, we would see him firmly entrenched as like the LB2 there. So seems like it's going to happen. What that role looks like in terms of snap count, if he gets 75% of the snaps each week, that would that'd be pretty be nice. nice. Yeah. So be better than uh, Derek Barnes or any of these other trash bags getting that LB2 role. Yeah. Still haven't seen the production like yeah. we really want to with Campbell, even though he has. I mean, 
because he's not been getting like, you know, three snaps a week. He's getting, you know, mm-hmm. at least 50% of the snaps. He just still hasn't really been uh, stuffing that sheet the way we want him to. So I mean, he's got the freaking long-haired wonder. That's right. Warren Thor, Alex Anzalone there beside him. It's kind of like Kingleton and Josie Jewell. Like the shine is off of uh, mm-hmm. Jewell a little bit. Oh, wow. Look at me. Great job. Midnight. Wow. Midnight pull right there, folks. Uh, when you've got Kingleton with like his 25% tackle rate uh, just mopping up out there. Yeah. So there you go, folks. That was every game from week eight. All 32 freaking teams back in action because we had no buys this week. And we ran through all the games, all the relevant storylines, the top scores. Let us know if you enjoyed this format. We did kind of a hybrid storyline top score approach. I like this, Eddie. This felt like a good way to make sure that we didn't miss any uh, guys who went for you know big point totals there going strictly storylines. I don't care what we do, Josh. I love just being here with you, baby. You love just talking ball, yeah, chopping right. it up, having some fun. Yeah, talking chop. Talking shop. Hey, we should just stick a microphone in front of our face and record this, right? Yeah. That's right. Well, we will uh, see you all later this week. Uh, Jake is going to be back with Joy the Tooth. So we have another Football Guys feature on the preview pod. They will be breaking down the Week 9 preview. And then we will be back next week to recap it all for you. Uh, remember, theidpshow.com. We have the free preview week So all of our premium content will be out from behind the paywall. Make sure you're subscribed over there. And if you like what you see this week, the rankings and the waivers and the Q&A thread, consider becoming a paid supporter. It really helps us out. Uh, Leave us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts and five stars on Spotify. Very easy, free way to support the show as well. And then follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at the IDP show. We are, let's see, 65 subs away from a thousand and being able to monetize that YouTube channel. So come over and support us. Just throw us a follow there on YouTube would be the best way you could help the show right now. Yep. All the data should be in there tonight. I have pretty much everything done. Just need to do a few things. Uh, But yeah, I hope you enjoy that free preview. It's a good week to get it. That's right. So data is on the website. Dynasty rankings on the website now. You have all the information you need to go out and dominate. And uh, you know where to find us if you need any help. But, uh, Addy, this was a fun one. Let's do it again next week. What do you say? Sounds good. Sounds like a date. All right. Well, y'all enjoy Halloween. Spooky season is here. We've got, I think we're going to be doing some trick-or-treating. Yes, sir. I guess technically today with the kids since it is now Tuesday. Yeah. What's uh, what's PAX going to go as? So we we do the family costume every year, and this year with the Ninja Turtles. Nice. So we got to test it out Sunday. We had a little fall fest at church, and that was a lot of fun. So PAX was Raphael. Mm -hmm. I'm Donatello. Alex Leonardo and McLean just got whatever was left over. So she was a very, very cute Michelangelo. But okay. Nice. We, we got the weapons and, uh, you know, Pax. I mean, he's just, this is, he's yeah. in his element, man. He's got the Raphael, like the size. He's yeah. got his uh, trick or treat bag, you know. I mean, we, we go all out with the family costumes. So this year, Ninja Turtles. I love it. Yeah. Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles are back in. They're right? having a comeback. I saw, like, because, uh, you know, I, I I frequent the toy aisles and, mm-hmm. uh, when we go mm-hmm. out and stuff. And, of course. Yeah. There's tons of them now. Oh, yeah. I used since, to have a ton of those. Yeah. Since they had the uh, new movie come out. Okay. Yeah, I think back in August, it's it's having a resurgence. It's funny. It's just all the same stuff. It's all recycled. It's all, you know, Jurassic Park. Power you know, Rangers turtles. are back. 
G.I. Joe's. I see those out there still. Yep. So, uh, yeah, no one has any original ideas. That's like we said, we went to get some stuff from the Halloween, the Spirit Halloween, and it's like they don't really have to feel pressured to sell all these costumes because they'll probably just roll the same ones back yeah. out. Maybe reshuffle, like, who gets the front you know, front placement yeah. when you come in. But, yeah, it's a lot of, like, the same stuff we've been seeing for the past few years. Although, have you noticed, and maybe this is just me, but um, all the Halloween decorations have gotten, like, way scarier. Way too scary. The one Way that, too scary. The one that was making the rounds on Twitter was the house that looked like it was on fire. I saw that, yeah. That's like, what are we doing here? Like, that's just cruel to your neighbors. Yeah, that's, that's pretty weird. But I'll, there's also, like, just the statues out front now. Like, yes. There's one, like, in my neighborhood where it's, like, these... These two, I don't know, freak people pulling apart this little girl. Oh God, it's, really? It's, it's weird. Like one's got one one arm, the other one's got the other arm, and like she's like squall. It's just it's a weird it's a weird thing. Yeah, but, uh, we're getting darker as a society. I know. I think a lot of like uh, sort of buried rage and dread is coming out in these Halloween decorations. It's kind of odd. Just something I noticed. Just chill out a little bit, so, folks. Okay, everyone. I hope you're doing okay. All right, just. Uh, we hope you're okay. The the extent of the wacky Halloween Halloween decorations need to just be like the 13 foot tall skeleton. That needs to be the extent of yeah. which we those are those are a thing now. Yeah, but yeah, get, they're just getting like worse and more gruesome and like you don't have to do this, folks. It's like there's still kids yeah, out there. There's the, it's kids that are trick or treating, folks. It's not adults. <laughs> yeah, just chill out a little yeah. bit. But yeah, we'll probably see you over in your neighborhood. Yeah. For Sounds some good. trick-or-treating. I think it's going to be like 40 degrees, so it may be yeah. very quick. So, yeah. Hit it like a dozen houses and then call it a night. Sounds good. Then go home and sleep. That's what I'm going to do right now. Hope you guys enjoyed this and uh, enjoy the football this week. We'll be back next week. Till then, y'all take care. We'll see you soon. <laughs>